Hi, I'm James. And I'm Drew. And welcome to Graphic Support Group, a mindful podcast for the design industry and the self, where empathy and the creative cloud meet. Join us as we delve into the mind and soul of graphic design, from PSDs to PTSD. This is Graphic Support Group. time coming i'm happy that we're talking again it was awesome talking the first time i was telling james about like how if we had recorded that conversation it might have been a good podcast so hopefully i we can sort of do it again that was fun that one we named names though so this will be more we were like yeah. screw sufjan stevens <laughs> no i love you no Sufjan. we were like we were like we love you anyways all right Welcome to uh, another episode of Graphic Support Group Pod. I'm here with uh, James Che, as always, and our special guest, Nicole Janelli. Um, I'm going to introduce Nicole in the best way I can, and I hate doing these types of things, but <laughs> Nicole Janelli is a designer, animator, illustrator, and design tech explorer. That's what mm-hmm. I said. Who has created work for Google, Bloomberg, Pitchfork, Sufjan Stevens, Adobe, Bandcamp, Topic, MTV, Medium, and Beats in Space, which is a favorite of James's. Yeah, our favorite. Our favorite. I'm really sad it's it's bummed. It's like off right now. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, Dip Sweeney has taken a break. (gasps) Wow, that's big news. And we had their designer on on here, actually. I saw that. I I was like looking it up today. I, I checked today if I had to get dressed fully. I was like, do they post pics? Do I have to shower? And I was very happy to see you don't. So you share like pictures of anybody. I'm trying to keep it more spiritual. We're a, we're a pretty about audio-based the... medium, so. Well, and it makes sense with the design. I was like, oh hell yeah. Yeah, Respect. we're not. We're not. To, we're not trying to, to objectify, you know, ourselves or anyone else. No. It's yeah, it's about, about the, the mind. Uh, we hide behind the... our work, you know. We're not. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I, I'm only halfway through the, the intro, so I guess I'll just it. pick right back up. Uh, Nicole uses a variety of computer graphics to craft whimsical, surreal, and unexpected universes. I mm-hmm. like to refer, or I, in writing this, refer to them as dream states with a sense of order. Uh, and she recently graduated from NYU's Interactive Telecommunications Program, whose mission is to explore, this is from their website, the imaginative use of communication technologies, which seems is very fitting for you. So um, it makes sense that you uh, <laughs> went there. That's so uh, nice. What a lovely intro. Wait, th- say the dream states thing one more time just I so said, I remember like, it. Your work is like dream states with a sense of order. Ooh, I love that. Might have to steal that. Yeah, you can use it. Copywritten. <laughs> Literally, like not copy written, but like it's copy written because yeah. it's copy that's been written. That's really good. I love uh, that. Well, I'm glad I did an okay job. <laughs> uh, good job, Drew. Uh, yeah, Nicole and I had a conversation like four months, three months ago now at this point. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm a huge fan and she actually used to work where I work, Pitchfork, and she kind of set the stage. 
And I would always refer to her earlier work on the site and kind of like try to imitate it or like do it as well as she did. So thank you for setting the the stage there. And Aww. also I'm leaving Pitchfork. What? Yeah. I'm going to go work at an Insert agent. Insert the air horn here. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wait, where are you going? MTV, would you say? No, I'm going to go wor- work at Wolf Olin's. What is that? Is this like ad? A creative agency. A branding like, agency. I, I don't take that. I literally know nothing about anything. So that's cool. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. I'm a little bit, you know, freaked out because I'm going from like this kind of laid back sort of do whatever kind of vibe to something different. But I'm also excited. So that's yeah. right. I think it's a real good time for a change. I feel like everyone is ready for a change. Like our yeah. lives are kind of move. It's like, oh, OK, we're picking back up. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel in the same boat. That's awesome. Congrats. So, it's a weird thing because <laughs> the circle's being closed. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that was part of why we started talking, right? Mm-hmm. But then, um, you know, I, I think like there's something really interesting about what you do with your work. And I wanted to kind of dig into some of the kind of psychology behind that or even just like the spiritual sort of practice that might entail from kind of working in this way. Um, So I wanted to start by asking, like, you know, I think your work is like very whimsical and ecstatic. um, And it seems to have like its own logic, like I kind of mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about how you kind of create these little like micro universes? uh, And that in like such a brief amount of time, usually in a small amount of space? Yeah, that's it's this is such a good timing cuz I feel like at the end of school I'm I have to kind of wrap up my experience and think about like this journey I've been on, you know. So this is I'm very happy you asked me this week. It's perfect. Um I also gave like a workshop this week, so I was kind of also wrapping up my work in that way and think already thinking about it. Um and actually that workshop was about Um, you know, my past, like what we talked about the last time, which is just like starting out traditional design and going into more illustration, going into animation, and then going into like interactive stuff. And in my like presentation last week, I basically talked about, you know, kind of why that happened. And it was like, kind of like you said, like dream states with a sense of order. It was like, I kind of felt like everything in the illustrations I was making did feel suspended in space and did feel like it was sort of, it already implied movement. Um, So that was kind of, I already like knew what I wanted to animate. So that was like the impetus to start making it move. And then, you know, each, each time I try and learn new tech, I think, even though I'm usually, you know, it's not so like grand picture, like this is my big goal. It's more about, each little project but I feel like maybe subconsciously I'm just I'm like really interested in like pushing it to be just more interactive or more I like me become like more kind of like engaged with it or more one with it um like I'm always like if I could just animate with like my hands like that would be ideal right so um yeah I think I hope that answers the question I feel like it's just um 
I mean, yeah, I, I, you're also probably wondering, like, why is it so surreal? Why is that? And I think um, I hinted at that, like, in the workshop I gave, I talked about abstraction, which is, like, such a simple term that it's almost, like, weird to go deep into, like, abstraction, you know? But I think at the end of the... Huh? Uh, where do you think that sort of sense of whimsy and then, like, surrealism comes from? Like, do you have a very active dream life or... Uh, is it a desire to create like a utopia or like a separate space for yourself? I think when I started illustrating, it was so not professional. It was like my hobby or like I just started drawing. So it was never like it would never was in the context of like making a product or doing it for anyone else. So I think I just started. Um, I also, yeah, when I learned to illustrate, I gave myself a time limit and I went in, I like purposely was like going in without intention and I, I'm not a great drawer, so it would never be realistic just based on like skill. <laughs> um, so I think that's where the abstract kind of comes in. And I think if, as I went in without any intention, it just was super weird each time. And then I kind of like followed that thread. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I spoke about this in the workshop I gave, which is my like way of viewing abstractions, almost like a, um, like you could see it as part of your process, but you can also see it as like your relationship to the world around you and how you view it. And I found a few quotes, which was just like, since abstraction doesn't deal with the real world or our physical connection to the world, it like projects a like, curiosity towards the cosmos like it projects a curiosity towards the unknown and I was like yeah I think that's like how I think that's why it keeps me engaged and why I'm so kind of like in the tank for abstraction um mm -hmm. yeah but, I mean they all they always seem like kind of comfortable or like mm. almost like you remember that game mist hell yeah I feel like we haven't even like... talked about my thesis my thesis was like super inspired by mist Oh really? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it reminds me of like mist or something where you're like like it's like very empty, but it's not like I mean that game was kind of scary, but like it's not it's like kind of like a like a comfortable emptiness. Mhm. Mm like a void with like decoration. <laughs> <laughs> it's curious. Um, it's like it just gives you a lot like it invites you to it's, it's like the first open world exploration game, right? So it's like it's it invites you with its sort of like strange world to explore but yeah like you said it's not quite scary um it's it's inviting or something i guess it's like this neutral, is such an enigma it's a little <laughs> creepy but like only if you think about it too much like i mean it's yeah. weird i never played it like i was too young but it's like i would i couldn't imagine playing that game like inside wasn't there like no music or anything it's just like or is there like music? a very ambient there's a little ambient loop kind of background stuff but it's very like in the back it's not like yeah yeah the music doesn't the main character at all i really Did like you guys watch that show halt and catch fire oh my god yeah love that oh, show. i, I want to watch it and it's really good it's like not very technically accurate and there's like a lot of jumps but uh the at the, towards the end of the show and this isn't a spoiler but like one of the main characters she makes a game that's very much like mist and um there is that sort of like weird open world problem solving. Um, I love her. Wait, that? what's the main, the main girl's name is what? Cameron. Cameron. That's funny. Cause 
I would watch it with my good friend Steph and we'd kind of like this was years ago, but we would we'd be like, We should make a game studio and then yeah. she'd be like, I'm at the time she was making games, I hadn't even I'm oh, cool. you know, just started making a game. And um I was like, I'm Donna <laughs> But uh, Yeah. Also, I ran into the dad one day from Home oh, Catch Fire. Scoot, Scoot, whatever his name is. Scoot something. Dude, such yeah. a cool, like, you know, like, cowboy, sexy guy in person. Yeah, and yeah, in the yeah. show, he's such a nerd. And yeah. it was so funny. I was like, he laughed because I, I think he's in a bunch of other stuff. He's in, like, you know, bigger shows. No one knows Halt and Catch Fire. And I went up and I was like, you know, I'm so sorry to bug you, but like, I love Halt and Catch Fire. Like, it really, like, really impacted me. Like, you know, and he just started laughing. He's like, Halt and Catch Fire fans, you can see him from a mile away. There's so <laughs> I gotta watch it. I didn't know it had like a cult following. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. I, I, I have it's like a friend. It's the only good tech like show, a, I feel like. Yeah, because it has the drama of the tech world. Um, and I think that's the complaint with some more tech oriented, like, and, well, it follows the versus... timeline, too. Like, yeah, that's even if the it's fun not part accurate, it. It, it has good history, like, woven in. Yeah, yeah. I like that, that aspect of it. It's like a nice um, sort of tome about Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll check it out. Um, oh, I had I had one question just on the note of like dream spaces and stuff. Like, there's an interesting kind of sense, and then I don't know, maybe this is your approach to technology, but like, there's like a psychedelic interpretation of VR, whereas so much of VR is about simulation. Um, and I'm just wondering, like, what are those opportunities that you think are in VR for that kind of like imagination? I mean, yeah, I hate to, I know it sounds really basic to be like abstraction, but I like really think deeply about it. And I just like, I'm not a person that believes in like recreating reality. Like, I just think it's such a waste of time. Even like you see these beautiful paintings in museums. I just like have no desire to look at them. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, I want to see the abstract interpretation. I want to see something more personal. And I even think that with like, you know, like nowadays you see like a screen and it's tracking your movements and you get this like maybe particle system but it's still so one-to-one and I'm always like how could I take the inputs of body tracking and like do something completely unexpected more than a mirror you know so I think I just have no interest in I just you know a lot of people they love documentary I do like documentaries but like let's say they're just like in the tank for realism they get a lot from it I just don't you know and I think my thing is always to add some like weird interpretation, some strange, like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like hybrid space where I can like draw more meaning or make like step out of reality into like a, a new zone and it can kind of exist outside of reality or, um, yeah, it's kind of like that, like Lynch, like David Lynch's version of reality where it's like all the things are the same but they're just like reorganized in a mm-hmm. weird way or it's like you could I mean uh, some of your stuff is like in outer like flowers in outer space but like those are two real things combined together right so it's not like they don't like both exist yeah I mean I do like referencing like things that are comfortable or like bring me joy or uh like combining 
maybe realistic objects in like a, you know, surreal space. Um, yeah, I mean, I like being in dialogue with like certain parts of reality, but like, yeah, putting it together in a, in a different way. Anytime I've had to do a gig or a job where they like want me to do something super realistic, it's just never good. <laughs> <laughs> it just isn't. I've done that's why lo- portraits I- and stuff. It's just like, ugh, it's not me. That's why one of my favorite things that you've done is that stuff you did for Adobe Stock, where it was like you were taking mm. like pieces from their library, I guess, right? And what just a like dream gig. That was so combining cool. Combining them, it was like, and it's like amazing and like so beautiful and weird. And it's just like that was great because they were like pitched. They were just like, we have this stock, you get like this much, I can't remember, you get like a ton of credits, get whatever stock you want, basically, for the 3D objects. And then they were like, what would you do with it? And so I pitched the idea of like, well, I want to pay homage to like these five artists and like work they've done, um, these five female artists. And It was like Georgia O'Keeffe and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, Lisa Frank. I'm trying um, to find it. Georgia O'Keeffe. Dude, by the way, I saw a Georgia O'Keeffe. I saw they they have like a few Georgia O'Keeffe's on display at the Whitney right now, like mm, in their like permanent her. collection. And it's just like, I feel like she doesn't get enough respect. No, I don't she know. Doesn't. Like she's incredible. Like everything. Incredible. Like, Holy shit! And it's like yeah. super psychedelic. And like oh, Susan Pitt. That was bizarre. another one. Martha Rossler, Yoyoi Kasama. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was just reading the names it. of the oh, five women. Yeah, oh, no, she's yeah. amazing, and she just gets pigeonholed. It's like, what a weird thing, too. It's like they're flowers, and yeah. everyone's like, she's like the vagina artist. And you're like, yeah, they're flowers. Flower. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe slightly, but I doubt that's like the entirety of her statement. You know, and also like a uh, lot of uh, skulls. <laughs> totally. Well, she was just like. Oh, I love her. I remember in college, I watched some documentary about her living in the desert. Um, and like in women in art class in college. And um, she, yeah, I was just like, oh, I want to live in the desert. Why have you chosen her? Wednesday, and the files have been packaged and sent. You have met the deadline, and relief pours in with the sunlight. Looking up from your computer, you notice the window, and the world beyond it. Stand up and stretch, raising arms overhead, as you inhale and exhale. Stare out the window, noticing the blue sky, and free yourself from intention. Release yourself from judgment. Trust your intuition, the source of your inner light. Look out the window again, then look inward. Find contentment. Be at peace, knowing tomorrow will be much the same. A new deadline and continued growth.
I'm wondering also, like, if are these worlds sort of meditative for you? Like, that idea of abstraction maybe being like an escape, um, a place to sort of, you know, by separating yourself from reality, you're sort of able to reinterpret reality for yourself? I think while I'm making it, like, I definitely like to get into the zone and I wouldn't say the finished piece. I mean, I think the finished piece is really different for the person that makes it and the person seeing it or experiencing it. But for me, it's always the goal, like, that the process all, like, get into that zone and that, like, higher state kind of vibe of, like, you're just really working away on whatever your problem is. Um, and, you know, that by that I mean, like, the art problem. I'm just trying to solve the composition. But... Yeah, I mean, I love, like, I always have fond memories of, like, specific projects of, like, the time alone, like, with the computer. I mean, I think, yeah, I, like, uh, when I was applying to grad school, I kind of had to, like, you know, you write your entrance, like, you know, uh, paper, like, why do you want to do this or what, what drives your work? And I was always, like, you know, the computer, I moved around a lot as a kid, like, my not to get not to get all therapy deep for you guys, but, like, parents are divorced, moved around a lot. And I'm like, the computer is my home. Like that is where I feel comfortable. That is where I feel confident. That is where, and like specifically making art on the computer. So, um, I think, yeah, like it is a, like, there is a little bit of like, I mean, and maybe this answers to that earlier question of like, why are these spaces? Like, it's like, this is my spiritual zone, you know, like, even though I'm not like spiritual really, but this is my like communing with like a higher sense is like my making my art on my tool, which is always going to be my computer unless aliens come and they give us something better soon. But it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I was going to ask a follow-up question. That's like in my list of questions I wanted to ask, like, is it like feel like a safe space or like somewhere where you can kind of like disappear into? Um, and I feel like, it's interesting because it definitely appears that way, but then also you're kind of trying to make it weird enough that it's slightly uncomfortable. Mm. Like, yeah, I, I I do feel proud that like my stuff's really pretty, but it's not cutesy. Like I have, I don't know why I just like don't want to make anything cutesy, but like I could be like it looks like Lisa Frank, but it's still a little off. Yeah, um, I think that's just like my taste my sense of humor for everything like I just you know like grew up in like the noise scene in San Francisco just like all the art had a little bit of like confrontation to it that I just like grew up with the movies and all that so I think I just I just think life is that like it's not all cute <laughs> so it's beautiful like I want to like um en enjoy or like celebrate the beauty of it um but there's always like a little there's two sides to it so i think just for me that's just like personal taste um, yeah i mean there's definitely like a darkness to it too even though it's like bright and light and organic and like soft yeah so I don't maybe know. as i get older that'll change i mean i definitely think that like i'm just such a output of my like music community in at san francisco where i like really put my roots down which is just like yeah everyone was in like a post-punk band or like uh the noise like everyone was like a little comfort nothing 
this is like before I wasn't going to ambient shows or anything like that. It was all like very harsh. So I think I just like, was like that's cool or whatever. And maybe as I get older, I'll get softer and softer. We'll see. But um, I think too, it's just like keeps you on your toes, you know, like there's just multiple layers to stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, yeah, I am proud of that. I don't know why, but I'm just like, it's not cutesy. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would never think to label it that. But there is like mm. a kind of But like it could humor. tell it's so next door to like super rainbow, like super colorful, like girly. Like it's so next door to cutesy. But I just really try and make a like a hard line that like, you know, there's like, I, yeah, I don't even think I try. I just It's just my taste. But um well, I think it's like yeah. it has that kind of um, off kilter quality to it that is disorienting, and I don't think being disoriented is cute. So it's like even if it's like a gummy <laughs> yeah. bear, you're still like, where the hell am I? Still like twisting it. Yeah. yeah. I also yeah, I think, think like yeah, that's, it's just like sorry. so much experimental art in the Bay Area. Like I just everything that I soaked in at that like you know, in college age and like right after it was that. Um, and the, and SF is that like SF is like, if you could use one word, it would be experimental probably. I don't know about now, but at that time. So yeah, I think it's just the roots of my like art communities and my music and art communities. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean the more and more the, you know, more I, like go into my career the bigger and bigger I want the more eyes I want you know like um yeah like the what I want to do after school is definitely like the biggest spectacles I can like get my hands on you know and the weirdest stuff I could like insert into there but also like I'm also like working on a tiny book so it's interesting to be like thinking about the book as like something very personal and very like not that get every eye but get one eye and get it to stay and like the book is honestly more challenging like i'm having trouble thinking about it you know like what what do i want to do i'm so much more like geared right now to be like yeah let's go big (laughs) (laughs) um vr book um i guess this would be a good time for the question uh, so I don't know if we sent this to you actually, but we have a. I mean, we question. must have at some point. Yeah. No, it's, I think uh, I remember seeing you. I'm no. I'm unprepped, but it's cool. I'm down. Um, has there been it. a experience in your design career that has affected you uh, emotionally or psychologically? Something that's like stuck with you? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, of course. Nothing. Yeah, so much. I mean, definitely like. Uh, the losses are like the most impactful for sure. Like the hardest jobs, like it's funny. Like I see friends struggling with like stuff going wrong at work. And I remember those moments. Um, thankfully I'm just out of school right now and I don't have any horror stories of late, but, um, yeah. And I see them like in the moment, just like really just in it. And, and I'm just like, uh, oh, I totally remember that. And then I'm just like that, like fast forward two or three years later, I'm like, I'm so much chiller now because of that stuff. <laughs> like, I'm basically just like the worst things that could have, like in terms of my career, I thought would be like 
career killers or the worst things to happen happened and then like it's so normal and like yeah like and then I'm fine and actually like things not working out set me on another path you know and that path is like a better fit and um yeah I mean it sucked at these things like taking an L in your career sucks but it's I don't know I, I'm I am grateful to have gotten hits at certain points and that now I'm like I think just it's really going to be harder to phase me it's really gonna have to suck a lot more so <laughs> um yeah i think it's good i think i i just don't get as worked up as i used to yeah i also have a better like life balance i think well we'll see i i've been in school um but yeah i think during covid too i was able to like really put in perspective what was important and like working like a crazy person might not be something that i want to continue of course this type of work animation like you have to do the late nights, you have to do the all-nighters, but I don't think I will be able to do them in the uh, veracity or crazy style that I have been known to do. So, yeah, it's just, you know, like, you put the project out there, the project doesn't love you back. Like, the people in your life love you back. That's who you want to, like, give your, like, best time to, you know? Anyway, is yes. there anything specific that you could uh, <laughs> open up about from that? Uh, or you don't have to, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had bosses that are just like not on the same page, or just like really different people from me, or like just more like on the just more like professionals than artists, you know. And I think that's such not a good fit for like a direct superior for me. And yeah, I've had to like quit a job which I basically kind of looked at as like a firing you know but it I quit but it was I was I wasn't getting forced out but like I had to quit it was so untenable so that was like a huge deal at the time like I definitely thought this is like the end-all be-all gig this is you know I've reached like such a high level in my career and I'm like stepping down what am I gonna do and then like yeah I like went freelance started making weirder work even more weird than I had done before did pretty well in freelance and then I was like all right I want to go back to school so it was super painful at the time but like incredibly empowering on the other end of it and yeah I'm yeah I just feel like um yeah, any 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 like struggle like that just makes you tougher and like uh you can either get bitter about it or just like learn and and like what do people in tech say all the time pivot <laughs> so yeah you can either just like I, I i think my main goal is not to get bitter about this stuff yeah um yeah yeah i mean it's it's so interesting because like when things aren't a good fit, it's so hard sometimes to just see it as that. Like to call it, yeah. Or just like, like any relationship, you know? It's so hard. Why, it's so hard to have a conversation about it too. Like totally. to have a, to just talk to the person and be like, it seems like we're not really getting along. <laughs> yeah. Like Well, and they have like it's so much more intense than any friendship or even like someone you're dating. They have full control of your like financial yeah. And like healthcare well being, you know, it's like it's so fucked. 
Like it's such a bad power dynamic. And I'm, I'm such a believer in like, when you do have those conversations, you have to go in with humility and like, you kind of have to like, um, be vulnerable to like get anywhere with people. You have to like, to have a good conversation where you like get closure, you have to be vulnerable. And like, what a horrible position to have to be vulnerable with someone that writes your paycheck. It's like, yeah. you're already vulnerable, you know? And if they're so, not vulner- if they don't accept oh, the yeah. vulnerability and like, take it, like, like see what you're like putting out there. It's even worse. Like I've tried to be vulnerable with people mm-hmm. who just can't even go there. And it's like, all right. So I just made myself look stupid. Basically. Like I like told you yeah. my emotions and you gave me nothing. <laughs> or are you like, told me that what i'm feeling is not real yeah or i'm which crazy. happens a lot where oh, it's totally. like totally especially like, if they're like older yeah yeah it's like but it definitely happened um well that actually i wanted to bring up like you've kind of moved from like professional realms to sort of academic art like you're kind of like always kind of between different realms and like i'm wondering where you feel like you kind of fit in best and like if there's a bit of like uh insecurity about like where you fit in Mm. yeah i mean academia is so uh, i can totally see how people just like want to stay there forever like what a special space like um you basically get to like dream all day and like have people support you doing it. And I mean, of course there's going to be politics and stuff if you want to like stay in there. Right. So it was, it's quite tempting to like stay in that world. Um, You're also kind of, you know, with academia, what, this is just my perspective. You can't like put a full, like, this is what academia is. But like for me and my work, uh, I think you kind of have to it's much harder to like think about pop culture in any way that you would like uh, give your like submission to pop culture. You more would like look at pop culture and like examine it as opposed to enter the ring. Mm -hmm. And so I had this sort of moment graduating, like, do I want to like stay in this world? Do I want to just go into art like academia? And like, I've always kind of thought, I mean, COVID, I think, probably put everyone's, like, goals in a blender. But I feel kind of the same as when I started school, which is just, like, I want to get better at the tech and just, like, let, you know, bring that to wider audiences. Like, I love the, the um, like, every man kind of, like, entry point for pop culture. Um, like, whereas academia takes a lot of knowledge of certain things and it's like only for only certain people that are like really into those niches see it um same with art you know for me so I don't know I'm curious to go there um maybe I'll change once I start like doing like you know big shows or whatever maybe I'll have a different perspective um I like parts of all those worlds uh I definitely like researching like that part of school is really cool um but yeah, I think I, I've always like been able to like make my living off media world as opposed to like art. Mm. Um, and yeah, I would say if one scares me, it would be the art world. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know how I would make money. <laughs> like, like everyone with my thesis, they were like, oh, you should like, 
take this on the conference route, do the art route. And I'm just like, what is, I don't even know. Like I'm going to have, yeah. I'm just like, I did not come up in that world. Like where, even though I am surrounded by people that do the grant world and all that, like it's just for me, I've never like fully engaged with it. So yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have meetings. Cause I like anytime I make a decision, I don't want to make it out of not being informed. So I I'm going to meet with people and ask about the, like um, doing the conferences with your game. Like that's another world that I'm kind of in now is like game world, which is just like, so uh, to completely, know nothing about it so um yeah i'm gonna talk to people though in those worlds because i would not i would hate to make a decision based off just like not understanding or knowing enough so my hunch is that i'll kind of maybe settle into pop culture um and media like i kind of been doing but maybe on like a bigger scale but get on twitch (laughs) (laughs) i've never actually watched twitch but yeah, Twitch. Uh, it's kind of weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, people I mean, recommended that to me. They were like, "You should put your game, get your game to these people on Twitch that like or YouTube that like play multiplayer games. Like, they would love it." And I'm like, "Okay, who are they?" <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you were saying that too, because James was sort of like the only person in my graduate program who I connected with in terms of like, Oh, he actually cares about pop culture, but like Mm. he was like a little bit farther into the academia than I was because I just didn't understand that world at all. Um, And the art world, frankly, even though I like now I feel like I understand it, but like, it's a very alienating place. And especially when you grow up, like just loving things that are, for everyone like popular things like oh, you I feel so TV. bad that like yeah. you're not that interesting or something but yeah um so i don't know i'm, I'm curious maybe james has more to say about it because like watch well, you mean, watched me like yeah. <laughs> from like yeah i mean i, I think also like i mean to describe sort of drew's sort of connection with me is like i think both of us had a sort of like, I definitely understood and wanted to verse myself a little bit more in the academic critical world. But, I mean, that was also coming from an insecurity, having not had, like, a strong liberal arts background. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think, Drew, you nailed it on the head that that sense of alienation, I think, is a huge, actually, source of value in the art world to make something more exclusive and let it, let it not be understood to a mass drives the market value of something. Um, totally yeah and then i think i think i think that's also why drew and i like pop culture is because it isn't alienating and it's inviting and they're like sugary overtones that like make it more palatable rather than like i don't know like uh boreo or like uh, baudrillard who are like yeah mining the depths of your head to make (laughs) you feel like you're not in this world you know so support now? We love hearing from the design community. Call us at 
507-907-9158. Please share your story with us after the tone. We'll do our best to respond on our podcast. Please leave a name or alias, design role, and location. Thank you for your call. filters into pop culture so you can kind of be the shepherd like at those gates like bringing the art to like a wider audience I mean you might have to water it down some or whatever but um yeah I I think think anytime I see something like super weird get out onto like a big stage I was just like what a thrill like also it's just like so anti-capital I'm just like use all the money to like give art to people you know it's like right it's always that's my like scam i want to run it's just like that was always my argument for why i do think that like kanye west is good at what he does it's because like he's the only person who's doing it at that scale where it's just like he Mm. is like the most popular artist making music and he's like releasing like nonsense like it's like death grips but it's like for like teenage like pop kids like it doesn't make any sense like who would I love this show. Like I like the spectacle of his shows. Oh, yeah. Always like he's definitely man- he definitely through. understands like putting on a show for sure. Um, and oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, I guess I was thinking about like how it, it seems like we're all interested in like sort of uh, and you you particularly are interested in sort of like uh, perverting popular culture pop culture and mm-hmm. in a sort of way where it's like subversive or like uh questioning like it, it is meta so it's like it's sort of like a wolf in sheep's clothing kind of thing and i'm curious also, how you kind of yeah there's also like, like i think a really strong and natural mm-hmm. feminist interpretation i think in the worlds that you navigate which is mm. really fascinating that's cool yeah that's really funny you say that like not to get gross but like i don't see this but my, one of my best friend caitlin she'll always i just see my work as like i don't even know you know like i just am like oh it's a little surreal and yeah like you said like suspended in space and she's always like your work is so horny and i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) she just like it's got that like 80s haze like i'm like whatever dude that's what you're seeing but i think yeah like i definitely like maybe there's a strong feminist sense to it because it's like just super like i think it's like you know, I purposely like use a lot of pink, like I use, you know, the rainbow colors, like I use things that people might think is like dumb or like uh, gaudy or like, yeah, it's just so funny. These like ways that we view color, I guess, um, or like too much color. And also that's like very like straight, you know, like, uh, it's like too much, you know, and you're like, so yeah, I think I don't, think about that stuff as much anymore when I'm making work but it's definitely like at the root of when I started making work um yeah and yeah I would say like when you were talking about like perverting pop culture I was like my favorite show growing up was Ren Stimpy like (laughs) most like the best part of my day you know so like that is the ultimate like got got this crazy beautiful 
creepy, freaky, freaky show in front of kids and like drugs for kids. It's drugs for kids. And like, yeah. I feel like that kind of <laughs> saved, I mean, whatever, everyone, to me, I'm like, that saved me. Like I grew up in like not cool towns, not a lot of culture. No one else that I grew up with is into the stuff. Like I do think like I was kind of saved by these weird yeah. parts of pop culture that I was able to like get my hands on. Yeah, it's like there's like places to escape to, which is sort of like bringing us back to the beginning of this conversation, which is like you're kind of trying to create those spaces for yourself now or like and for others. Totally. But like you're doing it for like two people, which I think a safe space that a lot of people can share. I mean, that's kind of what maybe pop culture could be at its best, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was curious, like, I think now is a good time to talk about the Sufjan video because I feel like it's sort of he he or whoever in his entourage like it's connected just him with you. he doesn't like, have like well it's just him and like the guy that runs the label which is actually really cool like Sufjan, isn't his that his like stepdad no not anymore um oh. but yeah i think uh, him and his stepdad started the label i'm not a not a sufjan historian unfortunately but i'm pretty sure that's right and no it's i have so much respect I think Sufjan is like punk as fuck. Like I think it's yeah, so too. cool, and he makes all the decisions, like everything. So, yeah, and like it's not like he. Actually, I do think there's a manager, but I didn't even deal with them. I just dealt with like the head of the label, who's in charge of paying, and then like Sufjan. That's it. I think you guys like are a match made in heaven in that way because it's like there's like this yeah, I earnest... that's why i want to talk to him i'm like we'd be buds yeah it's like <laughs> like so earnest and kind of like there's something definitely like he's i mean an artist he's his music's like kind of horny too oh sure. <laughs> it has sure. like a similar sort of like it's like sensual but it's like a little creepy a little it's dark like weird, beautiful but dark like, yeah yeah it's like twee but it's also like mm-hmm. is he like He's not straight child. He like, he like there's so many like twee imitators in his path that could never yeah. be as like dynamic, you know. I mean, I find him to be like incredibly like he's like a real like philosopher, sort of like a like thought leader in terms totally. of the way he approaches his songs and like stories. Yeah, um, and even like the way that he approaches stardom, like I think he's just like very private, like I just have a lot of, I think he does what he wants. And I think that's so hard to do at that level. And like, I don't think he gives into pressure. Like I am such a random choice for like the first release, you know? And that's like, I'm just like respect. He liked my idea and that's all that mattered to him. Wasn't like about the views or like about, you know, like, oh, you should team up with like the biggest name ever. He was just, I he's really driven by the arts. And I think, the bigger and bigger you get, that must be harder and harder to do. You probably have more and more pressure. I think this would also be a good time maybe to, uh, we like to also come up with a mantra. So mm. maybe there's a mantra for, uh, I don't know, your next stage or uh, the work you're, you're, you want to do. Hmm. Drew, do you have anything? I'm, I'm kind of blanking. Yeah, I mean, we went so. I feel like this was a deep one, and we went in like a lot of different directions. And now I'm, I kind of trying to one. retrace my steps. Big, I got one. Okay. Big time yeah. for the people. Yeah. Uh, big time. <laughs> I like that. Big I like time. that. Yeah. Mine was Society also of the spectacle. 
I feel like your Bernie shirt is perfect too. Oh, it's I forgot. Keeping me grounded. Keeping me grounded. This is my only fashion. Is boot. This is boot boys, which James thinks boot is. Boys. Wait, they made a Bernie? Like yeah, I bought it like when Bernie was actually running. Oh, that's right. They did like a fundraiser. Yeah. That's sick. I, I should. I want that. I gotta hit them up. Be like, yo, do you got any left? Probably not. Yeah. They probably do. They probably have all the screens still. Yeah. Just we should think about in. like think about these like amazing social moments we've lived through that just like it's so sad the end of that campaign. Yeah. But like, what an amazing moment! And then like also the summer, and like. Ugh. God. everything and well it's also just like well, okay what happened but right. like we have that like it's there like the ground is fertile for that so it's just right. like i kind of want to like keep that in my mind not forget it of like there is fertile ground for like good pop culture things and like yeah yeah i mean I it's know. been kind of a drought lately totally i think Although people I, are I, just they're exhausted as they yeah yeah is natural there's been some good music though i mean I, I think I think it'll be definitely like a a summer for the books. Yeah, I'm kind of nervous about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's so. gonna happen? I think it'll be like um, not qu- quantity but quality. Hopefully, would be the takeaway. Like maybe everyone's gotten more used to their like zones and their like smaller world in some sense, but. You don't have to go out every night, but when you do go out, it should be of quality. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> or uh, people will just freak out and like, you know, like a kid that's never had a drink before they go to college and just like, you know, binge. So. Exactly. Yeah. For the uh, big time, is there anything you feel like you'd like to tell our listeners that we haven't touched on yet? Mm. Any upcoming news? Shout outs? I mean, yeah, my brain's really been off the past few weeks, so I don't, I can't think of anything. I would say my favorite Instagram right now is at Great Cakes, G R E 8. I think it's C A K E S. Just cake, cake Instagram. I know it's, it popped off a while ago, but I'm still on it, and I'm going to learn to bake a cake. So for my birthday, 3D model that cake. What? I know, I'm sort of like, oh, I could actually like sketch it out. So I'm going to start making crazy, visually stunning cakes. They might not taste very good, but um, that's my new thing. I follow one cake Instagram. It's like a lady in our neighborhood who makes like, like she's gotten better at baking, which is quite a shame because like her early work was like really bad, (laughs) but like she's so proud of it. Yeah. Her early work. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I mean, like, it was, I was like really great. Thing. Yeah, it was like really great, like art. But she was clearly <laughs> not intending to make art. <laughs> I can't find this. Where is it great? <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It was really great to hear more about your work and like the thinking behind it. Uh, Thanks. This is so fun. I have like feel like this is the, the combo I needed this week. This is great. Thank you for coming. It's like so awesome. Uh, Hell yeah. Especially since you already like spent way too much time talking to me last time. Oh, <laughs> I loved it. 